0: illusions who would have thought two episodes in three days actually that is the typical move of a podcast that goes five months no episode Uh, i did say we were going to have a filmmaker on our next episode but actually we're getting a bonus one in between uh our last one and (laughs) i forgot what the title of the one we did today's It's Discretion, I remember it now. (laughs) But... (laughs) This kind of new... The post distinctly... The post... The sort of the phasing, gradual, nodding... Like, we will actually go back to some TV and film stuff in a bit, but... When this this podcast did a hard pivot to sexuality, sometimes it's hard for me to be like... You know, they all get kind of different names, but... (laughs) I feel sometimes uh, like a confused... Bisexual, and a transsexual. You know, in L.A., you can't be a sapphic person unless you talk about your feelings ad nauseum. And if you do that all the time, all day, you are bound to... It's kind of like in the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, when Rabbit wants to... Remember when he has that great scheme that he wants Tigger to stop bouncing, so he leads uh pooh and piglet into that forest and they get lost and they have to it's actually kind of a creepy little bog but um i feel <laughs> weird example i feel like being a sapphic in LA is kind of like that you you get like somebody who's like kind of a top who is pretending that they know exactly how they're leading the rest of the bottoms and the bottoms are following like the little piglet and uh they think that the top knows uh, that, you know, you've you've passed by this pit that's from Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I'm sure there's—actually, there are a lot of pits in Los Angeles. I used to live in Claremont. There were pits all over the place. Um, like a giant—like where Andy Dwyer lived at the beginning of Parks and Recreation. Boy, okay, enough of the popular culture. But this is what dating women is like on the West Coast is— you know, you you think that somebody—you think you're following somebody who knows exactly what they're doing because they're confident, and maybe they're wearing flannel or something. I mean, that that projects a lot of confidence. So the worst thing you can do, though, is, is give a top the idea that you think that maybe they don't know the right way. I actually did—you think I'm joking. I actually legitimately ran into this issue earlier this year. Uh, I was in Washington, D.C., and we were going to a hockey game. And we're taking the subway, and I was with somebody who used to live in D.C. and claimed to know the area really well, and I've only been there twice. So we get off the subway stop for uh, the—they'd never actually been to—I think it's called the Capital One Arena. That's where the Capitals play. And we get off, and there's a sea of the red jerseys of the hockey players, you know, ready to go to the game. All of—I was thinking about Letterkenny uh, when I heard hockey uh, (laughs) because— Stay on target. Uh, and we get out, and my date is uh, kind of a friend with benefits, uh, or was. Um, and then, you know, the benefits started getting sucky. Uh, but she starts walking toward this other exit where literally no one else is going. And I'm like, hang on a second. She she said that she'd never been to the Capital One Arena. I'm like, hang on. If this is the right way, why are all the Capitals fans, literally every single one of them, going that way? And she stares at me and just gives me this Death stare, and I'm kind of like, uh, and I'm a big, I, I like to de-escalate. And the worst, like, I live in constant fear that I will upset somebody. Especially, uh, you get in the sapphic realm. I mean, you just really, you don't want to rock the boat. And I'm like, if you know, being being around me, all I do is rock the boat. And I, most of the time, I can't even help it. But she's glaring at me, and we're going up the elevator, and I knew she was mad. And I'm like, are you mad at me? And she's looking at me, and she goes. I need a minute to process that you were right. And I'm like, okay. And part of me is like, this is very childish. Uh, This person was uh, like a decade older than me too. And you never, I don't know. I I don't really like being the mature one, but I was just. (laughs) But this is what it's like to be around a lot of bisexual or lesbian women. They want to be right even when they're clearly very wrong. And do I belong in that category? Not really, because I'm, first of all, very rarely wrong. But when I am wrong, I'm totally... You have to preserve the idea... The only way you can preserve the idea that you're always right is to not fight for when you actually are wrong. And But some people some people want the narrative more than the facts. And, I, like, I study books. I'm all about narrative. But you have to... I don't know. Okay, I think we should go back to the, the topic. But uh, effort... The subject of this episode is effort. Clearly, I mean, who am I to talk about effort? This is really a riff job. I decided to do this uh, about an hour ago. I told my date I would not live stream about our date, which is true. And I wasn't going to do that. I've only done one live stream all year. I didn't say I wouldn't use that material in some kind of podcast. But like putting aside all of that... the Real primary reason that I wanted to record specifically this morning was I had a set of feelings that I have not felt in a very long time, and I I don't have a journal, like, every content creator, my journal is the internet, so nothing, like, I can't write notes and then put them, like, in a drawer, because it's not really real unless you've told lots of people about it. I mean, it's such bullshit that I've spent so much time on this podcast talking about do I like women? Am I actually a bisexual? Because a lot of times I come to the conclusion that the answer to that is no. And it's clearly not true. Like any proper sapphic, I am incapable of feeling a single emotion without, without telling at least 10 people about it within a half hour. That's the single most lesbian thing you could do. Like, I could swear off. I could never... My lips could never touch a certain region, I won't be coarse. I'm, everybody knows I'm an upstanding young citizen. I'm very uh, delicate and proper and clearly chaste. Um, but I wouldn't even need to engage in the process of dating women to know that I was a sapphic at heart because I can't feel any emotion and not talk about it. <laughs> but this was a unique one. So I met with this person, uh, I think less than a week ago. And, uh, maybe, maybe it was a little, no, I think it was probably about a week ago, because we had a little bit of a, uh, I don't want to say slow burn, but, uh, we went from a stage where we were talking, uh, maybe once or twice a day to a lot more than that, and the great irony, she told me that, uh, on Sunday, wanted to have a phone call for later in the week, and... I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, it's it's very analog, it's very old school, it's very sweet. I mean, you know, when somebody suggests something like that, and it, you can tell it's very special to them, it's great, I, I really, uh, it was, uh, exciting to be asked that, but I kind of thought that we weren't, you know, Sunday to Thursday, we were gonna go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and the way that, the way that they phrased it was, I, I don't know, like, I, I don't like to be the escalator, like, like somebody who, uh. It's tough for me to ask people out. I like to be the one who's asked out. I have a deathly fear of people going oh, I mean you get it a lot like in Long Beach, like I live downtown in with the hotels uh, all around us with like the convention center and the we have the port. so a lot of the people God, there's this one hotel that's over by the Queen Mary if you know anything about Long Beach uh, I mean Long Beach is very accessible, but like the port you only really have like one entrance. So, like, it's it's kind of a pain in the ass to uh, get to on a skateboard. And, like, that's kind of the fun of Long Beach. But there's this one hotel that is, like, in my grinder radius or definitely in my, uh, uh, you know, the other apps and stuff. And they'll be like, I have a hotel eh, in this spot. And I'm like, you know, that is the least appealing spot in Southern California because it's the closest hotel to me that is not really rideable. Therefore, like, I look at that with the same disdain as I would, like, driving up to... Uh, I don't know, somewhere far, I don't think I've driven to Burbank in a day, I drove very far last night, which, I mean, God, a lot of people, a lot of people I knew when they found out where I was driving, uh, in LA, were like, boy, you must really like her, and, uh, it goes, it all goes back to effort. I think a recurring theme of what I like out of dating, I'm very, uh, amenable to, People in certain, uh, in, in a lot of different relationship dynamics. I go with a lot of partnered people. Uh, I will go out with people who are, uh, you know, looking for short term, long term. I, I don't, I don't try to, I mean, I narrow the field a lot by type and personality and, and that. Like, I like, obviously, like, I have a lot of filters in that realm. And then when it gets to like situation and stuff, that's less important to me than going out with people who I think are very compatible with me. But then also, there's this, this, the thing that I chase, kind of the exact very reason that we're recording, so naturally, there's only gonna be like five minutes after this. I'm not gonna ramble on for a while. Yeah, that'll be the day. I chase people who show up to play the damn game. Dating, people say to me, oh, it's not a game. Of course it's a fucking game. The whole thing is absurd. Like, you think about arranged marriages, those are, that like, as, as dumb as that sounds and as horrible as it is to, like, put two and two together, those people are, are meeting expressively for, like, you know, continuity of government, the line of succession. Uh, a lot of us, a lot of us dang transsexuals can laugh and scoff and all of that. But they show their math at that. And when, when you get... <laughs> There's people who date, like, trying to find, like, a long-term partner. There's people like me who date because we think it's a lot of fun. Yes, do I want to grow the amount of people who care about me and expand the circle uh, of people who I value and treasure in my life and intimacy is a big part of that yeah I, I yeah I'm obviously not opposed to that but on a more carnal level my like just psyche and my brain and my and my emotions and my body everything, my mind, like, mind and body of, like, what I'm attracted to and what I want to be attracted to are often at odds and stuff. But everything is in line when it comes to the matter of I want to go on a date and feel butterflies and feel nervous and smile and feel so excited. I want to, I want to feel everything everywhere all at once. Uh, actually, I went on a rooftop date to see that movie with a person who fit that bill. person who showed up to play the damn game. Uh, I want this to be... You know, there's nothing worse than being on a date where you look at somebody and all you want to say to them is, you know this is optional, right? Like, I know maybe your friends said, hey, you need to get out, go on a date, but you need to believe that. You need to understand that this whole thing, this is the optional, non-obligatory part of life where we go out. I mean, it's just such a like ridiculous thing. You don't know somebody and like you feel weird things about them weird things being crushes, so really not that weird, but when you're a grown adult, you kind of... (laughs) You get, like, the butterflies that you get, like... (laughs) I don't know, you're, like, you're... Time kind of, like, comes to a standstill, because you can kind of, like, take a deep breath and look around in your environment and be like, wow, like, this... This is exciting. Like, I'm having uh, a fantastic time. And you just kind of, like, marvel... At least for somebody like me who... I mean, I had a lot of fun dating pre-transition, but one of the big things I worried about was, okay, I transitioned. Do I have a place in the world where I can go out and meet people? And you get to a moment where it's just you, or maybe like three or four if you're on a group date, and you forget that that you forget that, that sort of aura of other that you carry around with you so much and tends to surface in levels where you can't, I, like, I was on a date in August with a guy. I think it was August. It might have been the beginning of September. But uh, I, I think it was actually right around Labor Day. Not that this super matters. But uh, he took me out for a, a nice dinner and uh, to a comedy club. And, it, like, he was sweet. I He'd never been out with a trans woman. Surprise, surprise. Boy, where do I... How many times do I hear that? A fucking month. Um, but he was great. And then he started talking about Dave Chappelle. And then was telling me... About, on a date, he was telling me about, uh, I'm 32, he's, uh, a a bit older than me. Less than 10 years, basically about 10 years older than me. Uh, he's telling me about how he is having trouble dating, like, 26, 27-year-olds because he wants to have biological kids, and he thinks, like, that's, that, Venture capital, man. Those people are fucking weird. Like, we think, we look at what Elon Musk has done to Twitter... How fucking weird was Jack Dorsey before that? I mean, I've been saying that for years. Um, But I'm on a date. I'm on a nice dinner. Expensive dinner. This guy's, like, spending a lot of money on this date. And he's sitting there, like, uh, across from somebody who all they want to do is dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. And he's talking to me about that shit. And I'm just, like, staring at him, like... like, Why does this have to happen? Um, Why do I have to be out with a guy who has made it so abundantly clear... That I am this like placeholder person that he like he spent a fuck ton of money on. Uh, it was a very expensive dinner and uh, those shows like two drink minimum, all of that. Like I I just don't know why I just don't know what's going through his head because I don't I wasn't necessarily operating under the illusion that this like actually like wanted to date me, but maybe uh, I did kind of think that he wanted to go out and have a good time. Um, so that's kind of something that I've like. The sort of the pure, exciting... I described it in a, a comment. I, I, I posted a date night selfie. And obviously some on Facebook and some of my... Uh, you know, the people want an update naturally. It's nice to be cared about. Uh, and I described it like I felt butterflies and... I don't want to say like maybe I felt nervous, but I felt at the edge of my seat. While also feeling extremely comfortable. I felt so... I actually... So, I left her house at 1 p.m. 1 a.m. <laughs> not 1 p.m. Uh... Would have made it back in, like, half an hour, which was really nice, except I had to stop for gas and, uh, naturally made it... I made a bunch of wrong turns. I was... I was very flustered at the beginning of the date. Uh, I've gotten some bad, uh, news from a, a dear loved one and... I was a little bit crabby, and then I had an hour drive, and I knew I needed to snap out of it. And she was kind of helpful right off the bat. Like it just went snip. I uh, like uh, I was about to make the actual snapping of my fingers, but that's not really fun to do on a podcast. You get the idea. I did snap right out of it and and got right into date zone. And I get home. I'm really wired. And then I I smoked a little bit of weed, and I was watching TV just for a little bit. And then I climb into bed, and... Like a chronic... I mean, who does this on a first... I mean, what is the point of going out with women if you can't sit there and pour your heart out? Uh, which is what we did. We <laughs> spent much more time doing that than uh, hooking up, but... <laughs> I, I'm not complaining. I really liked it. I'm surprised at how much I liked that part of it. Um, I was feeling a bit carnal... And, uh, which is rare, it's so rare for me to get that from a woman, and, you know, I think with, when, when people don't go on a lot of dates in general, they get nervous on the ones that they do, as somebody who does go on a lot of dates in general, but not with women, you get, like, this, it's basically, like, an adjacent sensation a sensory overload, because you're, I mean, I, It is a feeling that I have literally, sometimes on this show, but often in just my private life and on my page, and it's a major part of my humor, I have been for so long on the hunt for this specific feeling that reminds me that, yes, I I internalize and express all the time how important my bisexuality is to me. It was the letter of the LGBTQ alphabet, that I was more in tune with before the T. The T came, like really, like a. De- I, I sorry. I didn't really grapple with that one for probably close, not literally close to a de- it. I took baby steps over the like the next ten years toward my actual transition, and like bisexuality came. I don't want to say a lot easier, but it came easier, and uh, I came easier as a result. Oh, that's awful. Uh- <laughs> Uh, it's so important to me, and after my breakup and and being out there in the field, I worried that I was losing that part, and it, it matters to me. I hear people sometimes talk this way about feminism, and it really inspires me of, of just how, you know, being around uh, women who want to empower each other just makes them feel so... Uh, Warm. it's a generic to say warm and fuzzy but you get the idea like I get that I get that every day from the internet so you know I'm, I don't need like a retreat or something um I do need a retreat from dating men though but beyond that actually that's 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 kind of this weird uh not Freudian slip but uh, something to kind of unpack I want to return to a state where I don't go out with women wondering if I like women or not. I want to go out with women and... I Like, I have to reacquaint myself with the sort of... I have to stop doubting my bisexuality. And I think I was right for a long time to do that. But this date in particular really reminded me of how special it can be to go out with a woman. And the kind of energy... I mean, she was on her game the whole time. Uh, it was, it's a testament to how well she was on her game that I literally wasn't like crumbling from sensory overload because I guess when I was laying in bed and I was kind of wired, uh. I told her actually this is such a like, who the fuck says this on a first date and it was probably not even the top ten weirdest things that we were sharing with each other mostly from nah I don't know um like I kept going back to my head of like this person made me feel safe comfortable protected and those are all weird like who goes like I didn't need that you know a, a first date like but it kind of also just goes back to um, it's such an uncomfortable time to be trans out in the world uh the Dylan Mulvaney effect uh it, it's a t- It's. it's I, I've done this a lot it, 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 it we've talked about this a lot it's 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 tough out there and your guard is always up um but I don't go to, on dates like seeking like a protector to, or to feel like that's not like the energy I'm chasing but I like I it took me a while to kind of unpack. I realized I kind of had to... Yeah, I was feeling comfortable and at ease, which is the best kind of first date. The best kind of first date energy is when it just... You're not on autopilot because you're so in the moment. You're having fun in the pilot chair, having an exciting time on a date, but it doesn't feel like you're you're having to like work that hard. And while simultaneously, as the uh, title of this podcast... There is a lot of effort involved, and I I, I, f- I feel like as I unpacked what I was feeling from that kind of that was hovering around the vicinity of like safe, protected, because those were the words that were coming to mind. No, I I felt I think my level of confidence and my uh, the the sort of the level of self worth that I was bringing into the date, like like wearing a dress and look and looking cute, and you know throwing myself out there was met in the atmosphere of somebody who shut up to play the damn game. This is somebody who went on a date for a specific reason, because she wanted to go out with me and have a good time. And I guess, like, for so many people, like, there's this awkwardness to, like, initial connections and all of that. And maybe that's a good thing. Like, maybe, you know, Icarus doesn't need to you know, fly so close to the sun that you're just kind of, like, dancing around and dipping into it and whatnot, but, um, on the flip side, you know, no day but today, uh, live in the moment, uh, enjoy all of it, savor every last moment, because you just don't know, you don't know what the, what the future will bring, so enjoy it while you can, enjoy the, like, enjoy the specialness of this region of Southern California, millions and millions of people here. This is a place that everybody around the world and and like not only like dreams about, thinks about. When we think about the community, the LGBTQ community, millions of people out there, people who listen to this show in other countries. Some of you listening right now are in the closet because if you were to come out, it would be it would come at great cost. I mean, it comes to, especially if you're trans, it comes at a cost to all of us. But uh, coming out, you may get thrown out. I mean. Doesn't need to be in another country and just be in the south. Uh, you have like really there's some people who just want to stay in the closet because they don't want to like deal with it. Um, so then there's people who stay in the closet because guess what? like it's dangerous to come out and some of you guys are listening and I hear you and I see you and uh, my heart goes out for you and I, I was one of I was one of you. I did used to be that person when I was growing up and it's so important to me, for myself and for so many in our community who who can't live like can't live their truth. That when I go out there to live my truth, when I go out there to play the damn game, I I, I want to bring I want to bring great energy. I want to have a great time. I want to go out there with the intention that this is so fucking cool that we live in this timeline. That we get to do this. That I, as a 32-year-old transsexual, get to go out. People all the time say, oh, your standards are too high. No, I want to go out with top-tier, serious people who are uh, smoking hot, who uh, make me feel like I'm on top of the world. And I'm, I only want to go out with those types. I'll, I will gladly narrow, let's take out all the high harrow use, the obligatory daters. Uh, we've done episodes on that. Um, no, I only I want to chase this one feeling, which... You can never really determine how often you get it, but um, you have to just go out there and say like, I'm not gonna be nervous. I've like we LGBTQ people we have to sacrifice so much of like our upbring of of our like formative years in in service to the rest of the way that society feels about us. And to that, I just say no more. i I, I want I have to live now. there's no none of this tomorrow crap. I have to live now and get out there and chase this glorious high because there's a lot of heartbreak and shit that comes and, like, good dates that just go south and, and like, you could, you could, like, not really south during the date, but afterward. Um, all this shit that, like, comes after. Like, whatever. Come what may. Moulin Rouge. I uh, just saw that. <laughs> but to, uh, <laughs> stay on, to stay on the Moulin Rouge point for a second, uh, one of the few original lines written for the movie and the show... Uh, throw our lives away for one happy day. I don't do that. I don't believe in throwing my life away for one happy day, but I will structure the entirety of my dating uh portfolio. Stupid way of putting it. Um That's that's what I'm chasing. I want I want I wanna stack a bunch of really fun days together and Life will life will come life will come for you when it senses that you're having fun. So you gotta like squeeze in as much as you can before uh, the real world says like, hang on a second. There's a happy transsexual. Like we just sent her a beer can with her face on it. But let's let's send the entirety of right wing media and let's tank a billion dollar company and scare off the rest of uh, a lot of corporations who used to throw out a lot of gigs and stuff. And but now they're scared. Let's like we saw a happy. Trans person thrive in society and the empire will strike back, and let's ruin all of that. That's kind of like what being trans is like in the world right now. And that's so scary. It, 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 it sometimes, I mean, it has broken me apart a couple times in, uh, I guess we did episodes around uh, closer to that. Uh, I, I have had breakdowns about it. Like, I, th- I think about what happened to Dylan Mulvaney about how it's very indicative of, of not quite to the ex- extreme uh that what happened to her but it it, it's i had been talking about that i call it the dylan mulvaney effect Uh, i had been seeing kind of a downturn in some of my work and i like it's indicative like target with the pulling out of uh the pride stuff it's just scary like i feel like i feel like i feel like the beautiful and damned a lot a somewhat mediocre uh better than great gatsby in the f scott Fitzgerald. uh But Tender is the Night is His Best. That's really what we, uh, dating, dating podcast that turns into a book club. But, (laughs) uh, to get back to the date for a second. So we have our first round of drinks at this very cute bar with a trans bartender. You know, that's really, I tend not to be sort of overly sentimental about the power of community and visibility, but sometimes it's just, like, nice to, like, walk into a place and, you know, there's a cute trans bartender and you see you see her and you think like you know my community has 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 some equity in 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 society after all i don't know i do there is like an inside joke that trans women are all kind of at war with each other because we're all fighting for the same lesbians uh although that you know i try to stay out of that fray guess what mostly heterosexual person um I do get excited when uh, people in my community have success, um, unless I don't like them. The community is very small. Sometimes you do know the people who have success, and it's kind of like, well, guess what? I met them. They're an asshole. Um, no, I. <laughs> Any of my friends listening will be like, okay, the biggest assholes in the trans community that you've been out with, me, me being the one who went out with them. I still thirst after them. So I actually, the assholes, I, I do wish success. I wish all, I wish that we had. All gay leaders, we had an all-gay Supreme Court. I wish the LGBTQ community ran the world. I don't think the world would be a, like, drastically better place if we were in charge, but it would be a hell of a lot more fun. We would would probably fuck everything up within two months. If I was in charge, I definitely would. No, no, that's not true. I would be wonderful. We talked about that last episode. If I was made uh, god-emperor of the Council of Queers... I would do a great job. And that we all, listeners of Esther Isle Illusions, we all know that that is very true. But so anyway, we get the drinks, uh, classic asides here, and uh, we finish our round of drinks, and uh, she gets up to go get some more, and then she was like, but first kiss me. I'm almost like paraphrasing. I should be more specifically sure, but like she did that, and i kissed her back and then she stood up and i like took a seat back in my in the booth the corner booth that we were sitting in and it's like a dimly lit there's great music i felt like a whole different person in that moment and i think maybe there's a natural apprehension at the the feeling that somebody else could just kind of like snap of a finger absolutely make you feel like that i can't hate it it was so mesmerizing and the great irony was my favorite point of a first date is kind of that build up to the first kiss when you've got i I, there's no way i haven't talked about that in other shows that like build up where your eyes are locking and you both know that you're about to kiss but like a proper femme i uh you know usually want the other person to make the first move but uh the person i don't want to talk about their uh gender life like too much out of respect and knowing that they're probably listening <laughs> um it let's just say it was very affirming for both of us that my kind of I, I i told her later in the night i was like you know you 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 don't you don't kiss like a boy but you a little bit maybe but uh you approach uh you approach that realm like a guy i i like Sort of rush in, uh, skip the couple of steps, go go straight for it, and like there, I obviously, obviously, that's a very successful move. I mean, how many times do I rush, rush to the microphone after a date? I'm like, holy shit, people! So obviously, obviously, this really does. This is a great move, and more power to them for that. But uh, God, it was so fucking exciting. After we were done with drinks and got up and. Uh, The way that they took my hand and sort of, I was about to say subtly. It wasn't all like, like, that's subtle, like put their arm around my side at points. This is a weird, I'm actually kind of, uh, naturally, this happened like less than 12 hours, basically 12 hours ago. So I'm still unpacking it, but I felt in that particular moment, such like a subtle, profound sense of gratitude to her uh, and to the world really for Putting me in an environment... I mean, this person's a lot of work. They have a real life. uh, They made it very clear from the beginning of the courtship process that uh, they're very local to their community. Uh, Hyper-local was actually the term used. And we know how much ITM loves the kingdom of Long Beach. I don't like travel. I I never... It's not that I never travel. I rarely travel for boys. And I don't go out with women a lot. So the idea that there's this person who comes into my life I'm not really into my life at that point, but as soon as you start to build a rapport with somebody and you have to not quite take a step back, but realize, okay, I like this person. I think they're really cool. I want to spend time with them. It's going to be a lot of work to do that. And I sort of instinctively just kind of felt very sort of calm in the sense that, I mean, A, I knew by now that there were... I assumed by, at that point, that they were worth it. I mean, sometimes you have a date, and somebody who talks a big game, you know, all talk, no action. This is a person who, the build-up, I just, I had such, like, a deep, profound respect for the fact that they have, uh... This is a partnered person. They have other partners, uh, nice full life, good career. Uh, they don't need to be doing this. They don't need to, like, be bringing transsexuals from Long Beach around. Uh, so, like the idea that they wanted to the idea that like me of all people is is somehow uh uh just for me to take a step back and and think like here's this serious put together person lot going on and they want to hang out they you know they want to be around me uh, that's a tremendous honor uh i really do take that seriously and uh to be around a person who who, who kind of reciprocates that sense of yeah, you know, we, we 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 have a lot going on. Here's this night that we've made for each other. Uh, I'm kind of, like, tearing up as I say it, because it's, uh... That, that's what you chase. We talk so much about effortless rapport, which, which isn't the easy part, because it's hard to kind of line that up, but it's easy in the sense of you can't, like, manufacture it. What you can manufacture is... Bringing a sense of determination into the equation that says, yes, from like take from my perspective, which is probably the best one because uh, uh, I don't like to read into people's heads too much. I tend to have a certain uh, MO for the rules of engagement. I do like being taken out of my comfort zone, but sometimes you have to like sit and think to yourself, how much do you like being taken out of your comfort zone? And this is a person who's so far outside my comfort zone in a lot of ways. And it just it felt it felt really nice, but but there is a part that you can manufacture. You can't manufacture chemistry, but you can put yourself in the best possible position to give and receive all of those little like subtle things that go into just making a perfect first day. Um you know, like Muppet Christmas Carol with the thankful heart. No, we're not gonna go into that. Uh one of our most popular episodes of all time though. <laughs> One of my more popular... Who doesn't love Muppet Christmas Carol? You you have to go... Like, we all get burned all the time. You have to... You can't carry that with you. You have to check it at the coat check and say, I'm going to go out in this world ready, ready to feel something great. Is that going to come? Most of the time, probably not. But... You sing it anyway, Hades Town. Of course, we've got Hades Town up Christmas Carol. I did. I haven't gone on a long winded uh, Thomas the Tank Engine reference uh, yet, but that's what it's all about, people. Stand up and be counted for what you are about to receive. That's an that's a ACDC song. Not even one of the better ones. God, I was in the um, no no. I was in the hot tub and there was a guy who was badmouthing mouthing ACDC and he looked a lot like Cameron from Big Brother. We have Big Brother listeners. Alright, that story was... God, if only I could tell the sides that quickly. But, um, he was rambling about his, uh... He's a teacher, and was just. he was talking about so much shit that I... Sometimes I'm in the hot tub, and it's like all of the parents are in the hot tub, and I'm there too, and, like, we have this long-ass conversation. I'm usually high as shit, and they're all, like, talking. There's nothing, like, worse than being in the hot tub with just one of those people... Because they'll keep talking about, like, the parenting stuff while ITM, the stone transsexual, just sits there and kind of, like, nods at them. Like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, But I was really tired No, all right, we're done. We're done on that one. Uh, We're actually probably wrapping up on the podcast. But um, I guess, you know, when we got back to her place, um, God, there was just so much laughter. It felt... Uh, it felt like I'd known her for so long. Uh, which is what happens when suffix texts a lot and have a fun conversation. I think about all of the stages of my transgender life now. You know, the early years, the, the Tara years, and uh, now the hot girl Ian years. <laughs> but I'm somebody... Like, I don't have a ton of close friends. Uh, and I'm, I'm out here, Like, I'm the only member of my family out on the West Coast. Uh, which isn't, like, something that it doesn't really get to me but like when covid hit and a lot of my friends moved out of the area and then my breakup happened you kind of like feel like square one like wh- wh- where 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 is my place in the world and like obviously i've been able to kind of build things uh and have some success but um i think maybe my like the thing that makes me just feel so happy uh is whenever Like I'm somebody uh, I like to make uh, you know chit chat. I was just whining about people in the hot tub. I do like a good hot tub chat. You get to meet a lot of people. I guess to kind of start to wrap up. The thing that I'm chasing more than anything else is I want to have a full life. I I want experiences that are new to me that make me feel a little scary that push me uh, outside my comfort zone a little bit. Uh, A theme that I've talked about on this show uh, over the years is. I like to rise to the occasion. I think I do my best work when my back's against the wall, and as a trans person, guess what? Your back's always against the wall, basically. But uh, the manuscript I just wrote, uh, I've been so burned in that uh, field and publishing, and I don't say that for you to feel sorry for me. I say that because it, that's part of the game. Failure is is part of the game. You go out, uh, you. You know, you go out, you meet new people. They're not all going to be your best friend. They're not all going to be in your, you know, they're not going to be one of your partners. Uh, <laughs> but but you you go out with a sense of determination, a sense of effort, to be in a position where. So much of this, sparks, pheromone, the laws of attraction, there is so much of this that is outside of our control. However, there is a smaller sliver that isn't a part of our control. And I I say to all of you, you have to, guess what? So much of the future, you cannot determine. Take your little sliver that you have, that you can change, and make that the best thing that you can. Put yourself in the best possible position to get out there and face that big old ugly world for that little sliver of the beauty that you find within uh, all of that mess when you're wading through the shit. Uh, one of my favorite references is, like, the gladiator pit. You know, people are swinging around, heads are flying, there's blood everywhere, and there's this chaos, and it's a huge pit, and all of obviously I'm not actually in a gladiator pit, and it's probably a horrible thing, but the crowd's cheering, uh... you have to like take a second all of the chaos that is lgbtq dating it is gladiator pit and stop and say are you not entertained is this not entertaining is this not what this is all about these moments where you take a step back when your cute date is getting you a second drink a delicious pilsner and it's not like a smug sense of satisfaction but it's in a I'm. I'm not somebody. They say you don't know what it, you've got till it's gone. No, I. I savor everything because you. If you're trans, you're generally your assumption is that it will disappear, very soon. So, you, if they say you don't know what you've got till it's gone, it's like, I assume that what I have will be gone very soon. Not always. You don't want to be a defeat. Don't be a defeatist, Joe. That's very middle class, not an Abbey. Uh, <laughs> it's just. I don't know, it it you have to you have to absorb how fun it is to be in that moment. You think like all oh, the shit I endure and I wade through And you know when 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 it's the end of the clam bake and you're sitting and looking at all of that and you think to yourself, was it all worth it? Damn straight motherfucker. It it it, it uh, moments like last night you have to you almost you have to record about it. You have to immortalize it Uh, because you never know you never know what the future will hold but you get like in the middle of of, of a moment that's so like passionate and exciting and it just uh mr rogers it's such a good feeling to know you're alive uh i I don't want to say i forget that because um i have a lot of people in my life who care about me and i feel the love a lot (laughs) i'm tearing up again I'm so glad we don't do a video portion of this. But I've cried, like, probably three or four times uh, over our podcast recordings. Could you imagine the horror? I can't think of a guest who wouldn't, like, jump in and, like, use that as, like, a moment to, like, provide comfort. Uh, but I would cringe so fucking hard. But I'll cry to you to the internet. You can't see my I-, I-, I, love- I love the crying selfie. But uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves and uh, ahead of ourselves towards the end. It's just, I don't know. I feel like, obviously, like, I want to, like, when I go out in the dating world to seek out connections that have a chance of, like, being uh, a part of my life, and I I like to try to be as open as I can to uh, what that entails, because, you know, I'm 32, you you got, you want to go out with top-tier matches, yeah, like, a top-tier match, like, myself included, You, you have lives that you know, we're not the early 20 puppy love. It's the real world. Then, real world comes with uh, pains in the asses, like having to drive a very long time. But um, I don't know. There's like nothing better than uh, thinking that a date's going to be so exciting, uh, putting yourself in as, as best possible a position to embrace that, and then to actually just get home and, and, and still be buzzing 12 hours later uh, probably thirteen at this point because of how long we've been rambling. Uh, God, what a what a what an exciting world we live in. I'm so glad that I get to be reminded of that. Uh, uh, I've been single off and on. I mean, I've dated some people over the past two years, but uh, it's been about two years since my long term breakup. I hope. I hope. I have a sincere hope. Maybe recording it will help manifest all of that. But I hope to never live in a world where these feelings don't make me this excited and this happy to be alive because uh it's a shitty world out there but you you just try to find the good you find the good where you can uh you take your victories where you can get them and you try to actually make that happen this isn't life's not a passive game uh it's not entirely sometimes an active game a lot of it's outside your hands but uh we do our best and effort effort think about it think about think about all of this the next time you're on a date and maybe you're a little unsure of the person a little awkward uh i never like to try and get into other people's heads necessarily because it's just tricky you just never know and somebody like as weird as me like who the hell who the hell am i to like even make a kind of guess like that but um if i can serve as any uh example to a lot of you out there who are uh, going through some of this in your own lives just remember that like dates like this uh You know, even, they can just mean the world to somebody. So, I always try to bring the energy that, uh, that you always want to go into something thinking it can be special. They're not, most of them will not be special. But some of them them will. And, God, what a good feeling that is. Anyway. Alright. We're done. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I guess we're, I guess, like, I didn't necessarily intend to do an episode like this, but... Uh, it's good to put up a few more on the board of episodes like this, of Ordinary Ones, before we do our uh, long Christmas coverage, which probably has to start kind of in the not-too-distant future, especially by our hiatuses, but um, all the love in the world, people, uh, our international followers, um, you guys, you know, I, I talk about the how good I feel from dates, uh, when I see how that this show has kind of persevered, e- even as I've kind of moved on to doing uh, a lot of other things primarily, uh, thank you. This is uh, four years, four, four and a half years into doing this show, I, I'm so humbled and grateful that uh, we continue to uh, spend this time together. It's not all that often, but uh, it's very special to me. And uh, I try to be a person who, when something special, when somebody's done something to me, that made me feel special, and made me feel happy, and, uh, a lot more whole, if I'm being honest, uh, which I try to be too honest a lot of the time, let them know, I don't know, you never know what somebody's going through, but, um, sometimes you do know, and they have a chance to, like, make an impression on you, and, god, it's so fun, I'm really happy right now, (laughs) thank you so much for listening, and we will see you, I don't know why I always do that, um, anyway, I do